Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. to the Inspired Evolution. Man, it is such a treat to be here today. Today we have Zachariah. How can I say this properly? Zachariah. Zachariah. So I've been saying Zachariah, but it's Zachariah Fisher. Man, it is such a treat to have you here. I'm so stoked to be here. (laughs) For those tuning in to Zachariah for the first time, he's the founder of Peace Guardians. I can't wait to rip this open and go all the way in and find out what's really going on here. It's a Los Angeles-based global youth organization that promotes a new paradigm of education, right? And this is rooted in things like intuition, creative expression, flow states, they're doing such amazing work. They're actually partnered with Mind Valley and co-facilitated the youth department of Mind Valley University. He's also just on the side, just like just because he can, innovated a new sport called Kinflow, um, and it seeks to change the paradigm of hyper competition into a flow into flow based objectives. So I'm keen to dive into that and just find out what's going on there because the word hyper competition obviously has some real yummy triggers in there. Um, and I think it's really awesome to just connect with someone that is so focused on purpose, um, has a real deep passion, and like is really focused on like what. Cure curiosity really means in and around life as well so absolute treat to have you here bro dude i'm like lit up man (laughs) i love the energy of the vibe so tell me a little bit more like you know we could start anywhere but i'd love to start with like where does like you're here you're informed and you're creating like such amazing things your story hit us with a little bit of what's going on in there bro yeah man i I trace it back to um my father passing away when i was 10 months old Wow. Yeah, he actually died in a helicopter accident. And he was a really prolific television director in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And so I always had a gap in my heart from that moment on. It was a real kind of inciting incident. And I, um, from a young age, felt a calling towards 
mentorship. I felt like I wanted to give what I didn't have. Right. You know, be a big brother, basically. Yeah. And so I started coaching. I was really into sports myself and playing a ton of sports. And yeah. flow was always a big piece of my upbringing as well. I played basketball for six hours and like I couldn't even see the hoop anymore. I couldn't hear my mom calling me. I just, <laughs> I was obsessed with what I later found out was a flow state. You're in the zone. In the zone, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so then I, so I, I was the youngest PE coach in uh, the Los Angeles Unified School District in my early 20s awesome. while attending UCLA. Yeah. And so I, I, I got a really deep impression of my love for youth growing up and mm. being a teacher, being a mentor. Yeah, teaching. Yeah. Um, but then I, I, I got a little burnt out because I got a lot of uh, standardized uh, pressure from administration to do things a certain way, where at that time, this was the early 2000s, mm. I was teaching things like mindfulness and yoga and, and going into those softer skills yeah. through the games. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of people thought it was a little woo-woo. They didn't know exactly what the, the kids were doing. They were doing like, you know, namaste. <laughs> like, what? You know? Yeah. And so, um, I was just kind of, I got fed up of like having to do things uh, their certain way. So, um, Kata, yeah. yeah. And so I actually went into a very different path for about a decade. Right. I went down the corporate path as, mm -hmm. as many do. And, um, I kind of rose up the ranks of, of sales and different things, whether it was wireless or it was, um, I sold my last job was selling gold and silver commodities Okay. and I've just made a ton of money, but I was super unfulfilled inside. Right. And simultaneously I would be, um, you know, going to Peru and doing ayahuasca and, you know, I was going deep into my own mindfulness practices mm. and like really deeply feeling this need to find my purpose again. Right. And uh, so I made a promise to myself and to my teacher, Saul David Ray, who's a, a really amazing yoga teacher. I was in Costa Rica and there was all these coconuts. So that was the mythology of the space I was in. I was just yeah. saw coconuts and I was praying. I was like at this breaking point in my life where I was totally miserable. I wasn't following my heart. I wasn't following my passion, had a huge overhead, didn't know how how to get out of that and so i was just like ripping my my heart open and just like completely wailing the spears like show me the way show me the way and the analogy that came the metaphor that came was like i'm the coconut crack me open i don't care what nectar oozes out of me just crack me wide open right. and the clarity that came that kept coming over and over again the intersection point for me kept coming back to youth and so what I started to do is I started to put some events together literally at my house yeah. on grass. So you talk about grassroots. We're talking yeah. about like literally <laughs> on the that. roots of grass. Yeah. Children, uh, homeschool moms organized some events at my house. This yeah. was back in 2015, still in my corporate job. And I never forget, it was one picture of this little girl named Somali Rose. I was driving to my corporate job and I would, mind you, I would cry on my way to work when I drove past schools because <laughs> I would see the, uh, you know, the kids playing. And I just knew there's something in my pulling me. I would literally ball my way to work. Yeah. And there's one picture that we took of an event that we did, um, with, with Smalley. She had her fist and she was piercing the camera and she had this power and this like just ferocity of yeah. like passion. And she's six and adorable. And I just was like, I was done, bro. I was done. Like I could not live this dualistic life anymore. Yeah. I had to go. I had to make a choice. Hmm. I'm either going to go all in on my passion yeah. or I'm just going to completely 
suppress it and push it aside. And there it became a choiceless choice. Yeah. Long story short, a few months later, I end up leaving the corporate sales job and starting Peace Guardians from the ground up. Yeah. And so that was about three and a half years ago. Yeah. And I haven't looked back since. Man. <laughs> <laughs> what a journey in a nutshell. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's so much in there. Like the, okay. So let's just take off where you left off. Why Peace Guardians? Why did you choose that as a name? So, actually, it started off, the uh, organization started off as, a, as Peaceful Ninjas, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, with my buddy, uh, Shine. Yeah. And just full transparency, and I love, uh, you know, raw vulnerability. Yeah, podcasting is amazing for that, yeah. We started off with, am- <laughs> with amazing synergy. It was like, yeah, we're going to do this, a big grand vision. Yeah. And it was great to, like, fuel the, the first initial embers of the vision. Mm. But we ended up um, having a bit of a falling out and seeing things in a different way. Yep. So, we went a separate way. Mm. And so, um, the only appropriate thing to do was to change the name. Right. And so, um, yeah, Peace Guardians essentially is, you know, instead of being a warrior, because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm really into the, you know, way of the peaceful warrior. Mm. But I, I, the mentality of war is no longer something that I really mm. resonate with. Yeah, but the the vibration resonance of guardian yeah is something that touches my heart. That's beautiful, brother. There's a there's been this um, realization that a friend of mine has consistently been bringing to my um, awareness, which is he heard it from a quote, which he keeps leaning back in on, which is we've got to wage peace. The way they wage war, <laughs> yeah, all yeah. you know, and I'm just like, wow, like, because yeah, peace needs to get organized, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah, wow, that's that's really refreshing. So I love the name Peace Guardians and Thanks, what that really it. represents and stands behind. I love the way you started as well because personally, that's where the podcasting came for me as well. Actually, I started mm. inviting people over to my house to have these spiritual philosophy gatherings. Mm. And we we're just having such great conversations for about a year while I was still in my corporate role that people were like, dude, start. A podcast, and I'm like, nah, man, and like, <laughs> do it, and I'm like, nah, man, and eventually it just clicked, and I started, and here we are, you know, and two and a half, two years later, it's like completely changed my life. No know? looking so, back, yeah, absolutely. So I love the the energy of the grassroots movement, and like, yeah. really, I love the way you put that as well. It wasn't a choice, choiceless you know, choice, choiceless choice. Tell me a little bit more about like what's burning in the spirit in those moments when you have to just like you just know beyond rational thinking. Yeah, I mean we. <sighs> That's a good question. I, th- I think uh, intuition plays a big piece of it as well. Yeah. Having the humility and, and um, vulnerability to really tune into guidance mm-hmm. and surrender and create a, a lifestyle around that. Yeah. And then once you do, then when something becomes a very clear signal that's like undeniable and you're yeah. just whole or your, your entire cellular being is moving in that direction, uh-huh. then y- you have to follow that to create a life around that. Yeah. And it just, to me, it, it became about first it was like hope and then it became like faith and then it became trust and then it became knowing <laughs> you know <laughs> that's a really good breakdown yeah well, yeah amazing amazing because i was going to ask you in the next question which is like for those that perhaps because i i i believe and obviously you and i are like walking out onto this own path so we have this sort of but i'm curious in terms of like those that you know, are sort of resistant towards taking mm. that leap of faith. But I think you spoke to it a little bit in terms of it starts with hope, you know, and it evolves all the way into trust and then knowing. It. You can't solve a problem at the same level of mind that created it, right, Einstein. And so for me, what that translates into is, okay, my way 
Is it bringing me fulfillment? Is it bringing me happiness? Is it uplifting others around me? And if the answer is no, then it's really going back to the drawing board and actually erasing the drawing board, unwinding and unlearning, having the humility. And again, to me, the the keywords here are humility. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Vulnerability, listening, surrender, action. Yeah, well. And and so it's not going to come from that same paradigm of belief system. Mm. And so for me, it was certain practices, whether it was yoga or mindfulness or plant medicine. Plant medicine was a big piece as well. Mm. I don't talk a ton about it, but it's certainly played a huge role in helping me get more, gain more clarity. Sure. And but ultimately, the the kind of the thread of it was just listening and surrender. Mm. And then from there, getting more and more prompts, more omens, more symbols, more clarity, and building the acceleration of the the confidence that those symbols are there for a very precise reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I love that. So it's a, it's a big redirect. As, um, as I'm sitting here with you in this conversation, there's an edge for me that I really want to approach, and I'm mm. hoping we can go there, which is I can sense this in this conversation that there's this – Yes, you're a teacher, right? And so you're helping youth um, through intuition, through creative expression, through flow. But you can, even in this conversation, like helping them be vulnerable, tapping into like we can, uh, you know, everyone can feel that energy for sure. Um, But I can sense this perpetual student. You know, mm. which is an energy that I completely align to at all times. For me, this is my school. The podcast is my school, you mm. know. Um, but I can sense that in you as well. You know, it's mm. like this energy of continually wanting to grow and learn and develop. Can you talk to us about that, like, you know, always learning and always being willing to be open and vulnerable and surrendering? Yeah. Then also being, like, the sharer of, like, you know, information, wisdom, knowledge, knowing and, like, imparting and then just that. Yeah, the thread. I think, you know, I was listening to your podcast with Stephen Kotler and he talked about like, um, a lot of times we say, um, love is the absence of fear, but he also used curiosity. It's like, you can't be curious and, and fearful at the same time, right? That, was such, that blew me out of the water. That, that's, yeah. that's a pineal punch. That's a yeah. pineal punch. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think, and that's a big piece of what we do with the youth is, is help them to gain clarity and anchoring in their natural curiosities. I mean, Stephen Collar himself, he wrote the article in Forbes, Jason Silva talks about it, yeah. is like identifying what you're curious about and in the intersection of your curiosities mm-hmm. is the mana of your passion. Yeah. Right? And so I think exploration, wonder, that childlikeness, I mean, mm-hmm. I have a bit of a, 
uh, to me, the children are teachers for me, you know, that like they wow. are two teachers, but for me in particular, they're really my, my guru in many ways. And they, they just, because they move about the world organically through play. Mm. Right. And so playing more curiosity, wonder, exploration, you know, even like, again, Einstein, his thought experiments, those nonlinear thought forms that just pierce through the veil of linear thinking. Mm. So it does require, you know, just a real open mind of wonder, curiosity and awe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, wow. And so, you know, there's obviously this conversation that we can't avoid, like, they are our future, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, how much does that drive and, and feel you? <laughs> yeah. How much... How, oh, w- what's the question? The fact that the kids are our future, like, is that a yeah. massive part of, like, what drives your passion and purpose as well? A hundred percent. I mean, again, going back to Collar, he says we have about three generations to figure this out on an environmental level. So, yeah. from an empathy standpoint, right? Having... Yeah. Uh, children at a young age feeling connected to their own emotions mm. so that they can actually feel what the fuck is going on in the environment yeah. and say, no, we're not going to do what you, what you, what's been done for millennia. Mm. We're going to make a change. And so I think it really does start. I think you nailed it on the head. It starts with empathy yeah. and empathy is, is a space of, to me, vulnerability and being, feeling safe to feel and to express your feelings from a very young age. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, in terms of the future, I, I, I'm a little biased, but I can't think of anything more crucial than how we educate our future generations. Yeah, sweet. Can we go into that a little bit in terms of what are some of the challenges you see at the moment for, like, you know, the way kids are currently being, like, through the mainstream? Obviously, Peace Gardens is bringing, like, a new paradigm in. Yeah. What is the paradigm that it's replacing in your opinion? Well, on a, on a basic level, you've got an industrial revolution-based education system, yeah. you know, that's archaic and no longer applicable to the modern day. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have the um, technology as an incredible tool and also a – it can go either way. A hammer yeah. can – kill somebody can create a you know create build a house so we've got um all the resources necessary to make a systemic change mm-hmm. um to me it's what you resist persists so i'm not interested in fighting the system yeah i'm interested in, in building new ones right you know buckminster fuller we, we always talk about creating the the world you want to see as compared to fighting it so yeah, which is a really you've just mentioned that in passing but it's a yeah. really deep inside that one yeah yeah so um yeah yes yeah, man. just wanting to create a whole new paradigm so in terms of yeah like you can see that what currently is there isn't working because i know there's this whole education like on a big part was built on the idea that from my understanding and i might be completely wrong feel free to correct me is that like there was you know kids were better operators in factories than adults were because they could move faster less safe but they they were they were quicker they were you know like sponges they would take things on more but then adults were being driven out of you know this is the Henry Ford era like industrialization and then they were like being moved out of jobs for adults when these were the ones that were bringing home bread right yeah so they were like okay we can create schools to basically daddy daycare our kids yeah um and then from there take them through um basically indoctrinating them to then work in white collar jobs instead of blue collar jobs, which is what their parents were working, right? So it was it was it was productive in that it gave education and then society has evolved beneficially because of that, because now you've got education and then, you know, 
kid, more and more kids are doing white collar jobs. Society is becoming more productive as a byproduct of like, okay, you don't necessarily have like a laborer anymore. You've got an engineer that can then, you know, like come up with an idea about how the labor should apply itself. And just as one yeah. example. Um, but even when we look at, you know, and this is like, I'm excited that you've created a sport. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we look at, you know, how we are uh, educated, like, I'll just speak vulnerably from my truth, like, you know, consistently interfacing with people that have hip and neck and back problems because they spend their whole day sitting, mm -hmm. you know, and it's yeah. like, yeah, you need yoga in your life. You know, why is yoga making a sweep across the West? Because everybody's sitting all the time, but you're indoctrinated to sit, mm -hmm. you know, and consistently just be in that position so that when you get to your office, it's not weird for you. You, know, yeah. you spend your school time literally sitting in chairs, answering questions, writing down. And it's like, okay, cool. Now you're being groomed into this other paradigm. Yeah. So, you know, there's a whole space in there for like to have a conversation around, you know, the body, but then also intuition and like mm. where like all these other things which don't fit in grooming somebody into industrial labor yeah. <laughs> or industrial workforce really sits, you know, in creativity in and around that. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you look at anything efficiency-wise, you know, a hundred years ago, you've got a, a, a you know, the, the first Fords coming out, and now you've got the the Tesla. So <laughs> there's an evolution that you see in technology, and you know, Silva talks about it all the time. Is like 25 years ago, the head of state didn't have the same access that a kid in rural, you know, Uganda has right now on his yeah. iPhone, right? Yeah. And so we're seeing this exponential growth curve in technology, and there's really, you know, the the jobs that were necessary, the factory, the rote, you know, fa uh, jobs really can be replaced by robots now. Mm. And so it creates space for us to be human and to be innovative and to be creative yeah. and actually use our, you know, intelligence yeah. to, to innovate new paradigms. Um, and we don't need to do it the way we've done it before. And to me, that's just a symbol of the universal consciousness expanding and growing and moving forth from archaic to, you know, hopefully more and more precise and, and awakened. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're seeing a, 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 a huge systemic shift yeah. in this, in, in education. Um, a lot of parents are also moving their child out of traditional schooling, whether it's mandatory vaccines or just seeing that it's no longer an applicable system. Mm. So I think it's just organically shifting. Um, and it's uh, really just our job to continue to, to move the ball forward. Yeah, right. I love that. You talk about creative nature. Tell me a little bit more about what that really means to you. We're all born creative. You know, we've come out and we're just natural explorers. But what about those people that are like, I'm not creative? <laughs> you've heard that statement. I know, I believe what you believe. Yeah. And you've heard that statement is that I'm not creative. And it's like, I hear that and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. What goes on in like, that? Well, I mean, it does, it does take a certain amount of, of willpower to, to make changes and, and to shift belief systems. I mean, that's mm. nothing more than belief. But yeah. innately, we are all creative in mm. some fashion. We all have our own unique curiosities and gifts. Yeah. So, you know, that's to me one of the reasons why I'm passionate about working with children is because you have a real opportunity in those formidable years yeah. to have them feel confidence and anchor in that creativity for their lifetime. Yeah. It's a bit harder when it gets calcified into adulthood and we feel, you know, that you, you just like you said, maybe we don't feel creative. Mm. Um, but I think the starting point is a great question that um, a friend of mine just uh, gave me to ask the kids is you're 10 years old. Okay, yeah. so this is a, actually a great question for adults. Mm. You're 10 years old, or you could say eight, or any age that feels, um, you know, where you were still in tune with your imagination and your play, um, but also like expressing that in the world. 
and you have a totally free day, like no restrictions whatsoever, what would you do with your day? (laughs) (laughs) And starting to bring that remembrance of what what we brought us so much joy as a child. Yeah, I'd literally just grab my BMX and just piss off. (laughs) (laughs) Some of you know different levels of it. But even even if it was a little like, you know, whatever it is, a little abstract, a little weird, you know, something that's not practical now. Yeah. The the core question there isn't so much what you were doing as it is how you felt. the, The feeling you experienced. Right. And and anchoring that in, remembering that. Because that's the mana. Yeah, amazing. I love that. I love that. And so when you're saying these kids are your teachers, Mm. um, some part of me lights up because, you know, when we talk about creativity and, I guess, youth, I I remember coaching the kids at my Mother University into podcasting Mm. um, just because it was something that, you know, has given me so much that, you know, like here at my Mother, everybody has a voice, everybody has a message is something I believe. So, like, giving them a platform to do that is, like, a blessing for me um, just to be able to support people's mission. So, Mm. in and around that, I was like, you know, you, I sit down with adults and it's like, yep, let's let's create a podcast. What would you like to do? And they're like, okay, you know, this is my idea. This is my background. And somehow it always ends up in personal development space, like most mm-hmm. of it. And admittedly, it's probably because where I'm in those circles, um, so my echo chamber. But I remember going to coach these kids into podcasting uh-huh. and the ideas were like, I want to talk about how football has an influence on fashion. And I'm like, (laughs) that's a brilliant idea. Like, who comes up with that, you know? And they're like, I want to talk about how the environment, like, that I live in impacts my thoughts. And I'm like, dude, you're like eight. That's your thought? Like, (laughs) dude, are you serious? And just the ideas, it was such, like, a bedrock hot, like, it was just hot well, it was the only way I could describe it in terms of like what was coming out of that. And I was just like, kids are so creative. Yeah. Like so creative. Like the abundance is ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. Tell me more about that. Like, yeah, you know, like you wouldn't face with a lot of this and like creativity becomes like yeah. a natural way of being, I guess. Yeah, I think, you know, they're it's in general terms less jaded by mm. by life and by systems and by suppressed societal mental constructs. Yeah. Um and that's what it takes. It takes that abstract play-based wild energy to to go to those places. Mm. Um and to me that it's it's a sacred it's it's as a sacred birthright that we all have is to go to those places. And that's why I'm so fascinated by flow. Yeah. It could be a good transition there because, um, you know, as, as Kyler talks about is the prefrontal cortex goes radio silent. You know, we don't measure time in the same fashion. We don't measure our self identity, the inner critic. And from that place, all magic occurs, Mm. you know, whether it's a musician in the pocket or an athlete in the zone, you know, it's literally a different uh, perception of reality when Mm. you're in flow and children in play are a perfect embodiment of flow. Mm. A creative, a creative child is a child in flow. Amazing. Tell us more about the sport. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kim flow, Kim flow. Kimflow is like the 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 nectar of my dharma within the 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 shell of dharma. I mean, it's yeah. it's really that's like the because to me it is my 
I could play for endless amount of time. <laughs> you know? it's, 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 it's really, it's, it's my most raw passion. Yeah. Um, and that's where it all started was. So I'll give you the backstory yeah. um, to it is, as I was mentioning in the earlier, earlier in the podcast, as I would play basketball for hours upon hours. Sure. And it was my, it was my escape. It was my joy. It was yeah. my passion. And when I got to high school, um, I came upon a coach that really fucked with my head, man. He mm. really tore me to shreds and just made me overthink everything and prove myself. And I got totally out of my flow state, which yeah. was what made me really good and, and, and really, and had the joy. It crushed my heart. I ended up quitting basketball and basically not picking up a ball for a decade. Wow. I mean, I'm talking like it was the top two or three traumatizing experience in my life. And, um, and so, but I always, in my heart of hearts, that joy that I felt as a child lived with me. And so I went into the corporate world, right? Yeah. Kind of losing touch with that. And so part of me being able to, um, make major shifts in my life was finding that joy and flow again. Yeah. And the way I found it was through, um, this yeah. <laughs> literally it all started with this. And just to give you a quick background on, on this one, I won't go too long into it, but Alan Adler, a Stanford physicist <laughs> invented this in the early eighties after listening or reading about India, uh, British war stories of Indian soldiers that would come into Britain. I know it's a little violent, but it's it, the point is that these are, this is an ancient Vedic technology. Wow. So the Indian soldiers is actually based off of Lord, Lord Shiva. You would hold this chakram in his, oh, his ring. Yeah, it's a Sudarshana chakram. You would hold it in his index finger and um, it had 108 serrated blades and it could cut through, you know, an oak tree. But the point is Adler looked at the regular Frisbee, said this isn't maximum aerodynamics. How can we improve upon this? And so he came upon the aerobi. He created the aerobi fashioned identically after the Indian chakrams. Wow. Only thing he did is add a little little spoiler at the end here <laughs> that created um, safety first. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> so these are in I don't know if any you know some of you I'm sure they're in Australia, you know yeah, these, they're everywhere. These are just a like a blast. And people don't think about, oh, it's a cool frisbee. It's fun. Well, I started playing and playing with my buddy, Kurt, in uh, in LA. And there was one day, it was it was De December 26, 2017. It was the day after Christmas. And I'll simply never forget the day. I, I went from, from total passion and joy to lit I'm not exaggerating. I literally became Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of, you know, when he woke up and he had that, like, I know Kung Fu, mm. like it, it just went to another level of flow for me. And it was so yummy. It was so joyful mm. that I knew instantly that I had already been working with kids. I knew I had to take this to children Yo. because I was accessing flow even beyond was I experienced as a kid playing basketball yeah, right. through this game. And so that was um, late December, 2017. Immediately, and it is a huge redirect for me. Actually, I, I should actually focus on this: is having the flexibility to allow your passions to completely break your life wide open. Mm. And even though I was working with kids, it wasn't a redirect in the sense of like, okay, now I'm going to stop working with kids. It it totally changed where my focus was. We were going to work with a really large UN based organization, yeah. and um, a totally different. It was all online and focus. I said, I'm not passionate about it. It looked like the money was there. All the things were lining up. But my passion wasn't. I was doing it because it felt like I should be doing it. Right. But my passion became this. 
So I made a major, I mean, we had like eight people in the organization at that point. And I showed up and I said, guys, um, we're going to start focusing on a, on a Frisbee game. <laughs> they all thought I was out of my mind. And I was. And, and, and I think that's what it takes. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I was. Um, and so, I mean, I'm talking... Our first games were like we put backpacks down. I didn't know. I didn't have goals. I didn't. Have, I didn't know what to do because it was just a two-person game, and so we put backpacks down on each side, and it was kind of like ultimate frisbee meets like a little bit of like soccer, and there was like a weird things happening. But I, I was just like, I just kept going and I kept mm. going, and and the, the beautiful piece about it is that the children were the ones informing what the game wanted to be. Through hundreds of sessions and games, iteration, it totally morphed. Yeah, it totally morphed. It, we, I mean, we had dodgeballs, and it was like Quidditch, and there was like fifteen things happening. It was chaos. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great. This isn't working, but you know, let's keep figuring this out. You know, all the light bulbs you gotta you gotta yeah. try. But the passion was fueling me, man. Awesome. And so, long story short, there is um, over time and, and repetition, a polished game was created that kept the to me the whole essence of it was how do we keep flow as the pedestal, as the measurable outcome, as compared to I won, you lost, I'm better, you're worse, you're going down, mm. hyper competition, old paradigm thinking. I was just reading an article about um, the injury rates in youth sports is. An epidemic. I'm talking like nine, ten-year-olds tearing their ACLs like on a repeated basis wow. because of the hyper-competitive nature of youth sports and specializing in one sport year-round. And so to me, Kinflow serves as a not just an alternative, but a, a universe of, of, of joy and flow that is sustainable and healthy and ultimately for the purpose of collective healing. An antidote. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So that's the game in it. Even as you're sharing about it, you see how much passion there is. It's amazing. I want to play. <laughs> yeah, there's um, yeah, there's the uh, in and around that. Then you know, like there's the the underlying thread for me is the impetus for adults to cultivate more childlike. Yeah, states. Yeah, A thousand percent, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just I speak for myself, but it's it's. It's what fuels me. I mean, and when people talk about like um, when they're around me, uh, they they feel a sense of um, of joy and like food. and your your laugh as well. Like actually, the first thing I ever noticed about you is you laughing. <laughs> You're a jaunty. I, we we didn't even meet, but I just I'm like, this, who's this guy? He laughs louder than I do. Like nobody laughs. Louder. <laughs> nobody laughs louder than me. <laughs> Touch wood. But yeah, that laughter, man, and like, and children teach me, they just teach me that play, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Can I ask you a bit of a personal question? Yeah. Um, and this comes from a place of like consistently just having interviewed so many people on the Inspired Evolution. One thing that's really come up for me is I would almost like to say I'm being very conservative when I say 80% of the time. Yeah. Mm. So, but I'm going to just say 80% of the time. Our biggest challenges form our biggest gifts in the world. It's yeah. kind of like this thread of the inspired evolution, like interviewing these amazing people such as yourself. Um, and I couldn't help but notice that, you know, you had a coach that yeah. kind of said, like, kind of just fucked your flow, yeah, fucked your creative expression in sport, you know, mm -hmm. and then like here you are now creating new sports, teaching right. kids, you know what I mean? I'm looking at it, I'm going, man, that's really deep. Like, you know, yeah. that's, you've created something really special there. Um, 
And like, you know, yes, trauma, but then on the other side of it, like, you know, if you own that and you move through it, like some amazing stuff comes out of that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, even just kind of allowing myself to feel that space that that is that is the fuel. Mm-hmm. I mean, pain is is you know our greatest teacher in many ways. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it left such a mark. I mean, and you see this, you know, quite a bit as people have a traumatic experience as a youth, and then they literally their purpose in life is to like help others not experience that, yep. you know, and experience a, another way. And absolutely, yeah, man. Um, it, it to me feels like a, a calling, and and it is as hard as it was. Um, it was necessary for me to be of service to to a bigger picture than my own desire to you know be in the nba you know <laughs> yeah. and really it, it was um ultimately i think that's what makes a hero is some is somebody that knows that their life isn't just about them mm-hmm. and using their pain as as fuel to help others wow that's so deep and the essence of service is in there for perhaps those that are tuning in like you know everybody probably has their own way of going about life which i totally respect but is there any you know advice that you can afford from your own experience of life in terms of walking towards you know those challenges that perhaps you're sitting with and then mm. finding your calling yeah yeah i mean just from a practical note going uh, i'm going to go back to kotler again he talks about um finding the intersection point of your curiosities yeah. is that being the mono for your passion and then asking yourself what needs or problems in the world can my passion serve yeah and i feel like it's connected to the pain as well Mm. because um yeah it's just part of our mythology and our story is uh those those experiences that break our heart man yeah um because that's that's really the the nectar of i think it helps inform our purpose amazing thank you and be vulnerable yeah, and the empathy is <laughs> like again woven into that. I love that. This is, yeah, really tight. Thank you so much for sharing that. What's what's next for you, bro? What's coming up? What's exciting? What's on the horizon? Like, obviously, you're here at MBU. You're in Croatia yeah. teaching kids. Like, you know, and I can see how much joy it's been bringing you. Oh, like, man. Every time I see you, you're like lit up. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> yes, bro. So yeah, what's what's coming up? Yeah, it's been incredible here. I've been shaking my head about how good it's been. Um, yeah, so working with Mind Valley has been uh, uh, one of the highlights of my teaching career, and so continuing to grow this collaboration with them and through the Judy Julin and, and Wow Learning Labs, who's brought me here. Um, I so we've got a couple things happening. One is taking Kimflow to the next level. Yeah, um, we're actually going to be working with the manufacturer of the discs, um, which is one of the largest toy companies in the, in the world. Um, called Spin Master. They're based in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and so just, you know, proposing a, a collaboration with them to, to bring uh, Kimfo to the masses. So that, awesome. that's one piece. <laughs> the other piece is we're working on an online program for parents and children to yep. do um, individually and together. Mm. That's called the Guardian's Quest. Cool. And it's inspired by Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. Beautiful. Which is really um, integral to the ethos of Peace Guardians is yeah. the rites of passage and um, how we've kind of forgotten that as a culture. Yeah, they're all non-existent, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so we're releasing that online program uh, by the end of this year is the goal. Awesome. And, um, yeah, just keep, you know, it's it's really fine walking, balancing active, uh, and hopefully this will be helpful to some viewers, is like having a grand vision, having mm. a big picture, having your five and ten year and your business plan, all important. Yep. And 
what's the little next step that's right in front, Yeah, you know, um, and not getting too far ahead of yourself because I think it's really key to stay present to the, the signs and symbols that come each moment mm. and having a vision yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. It's interesting that dance, isn't it? In terms of like the big vision really does inspire you, but then at some point you can get paralysis by analysis if you're dreaming too big and you're left in that state and you're kind of off with the pixies a little bit as well. You're on the risk of doing that. Yeah. Um, whereas fo- focusing on your next morsel can also lead you down to like this drudgery of just like, it's just my next morsel. Yes. I'm still in my corporate sales job. Uh, you know? <laughs> and so there's, yeah. like, there's that balance. Well yeah. You know, there's like that balance that you speak to. I think it's got a, I think as long as there's, and this is actually just articulating right now. I think as long as you're connected to your drive and your mm. passion and you feel like there's a, a, a greater need that you're serving, mm. then you don't have to have the whole picture figured out. But I think the first step, though, is really getting connected to that drive because mm. yeah. the drive will fuel the experiences. Um, and then along the way, the, the joy, like mm. knowing that you're doing what you love then it becomes about the journey itself. Yeah, yeah, the process rather than the outcome. Which, yeah, yeah, you inspire, yeah. Your inspiration is follow your evolution. Inspired it. Sorry, <laughs> my own language is going. Merry Christmas tree alive. Yeah, amazing man, amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for that helpful insight. And like, while I've got you here, I just want to thank you for your time and energy here today, man. Like, love just what you're about, what you represent, especially that focus on like you know the future of kids. Like, I think it's so easy for us to just be like, yeah, kids, you know they are the future i hear this said so many times but in terms of like putting on the rubber gloves and actually getting stuck into that man like i have so much respect and admiration for the work that you're doing as peace guardians like yeah really amazing and in and around that just while i've got the opportunity to extend gratitude i really want to thank you for like just showing up and being creative and embracing flow and going through your challenges so that we can have such an informed conversation to share with the audience say like your journey brother like, oh, man. thank you and just wishing you all the best with what's coming up next <laughs> as well like can't wait um for those that want to tune in with mm. you what's the best place to tune in so our website is peaceguardians.org yep we also now have kinflow.com sweet and um we do have a uh, GoFundMe crowdfund campaign that's on the Peace Guardian website. So yeah. always supporting that is is Sweet. hugely beneficial. Yeah, and, and I went and had a look there as well. And there's like these key things that you know it it clearly says like you know what you're supporting when you go and yeah. like invest in as well. So yeah, it's really I mean, amazing. It's, You've it's got probably really my only my only plug. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very clear on what I mean. We've been building. I mean, this yeah been fueling this off. But we don't have big investors at the moment. It's like you know this has really been. Um, all a heart passion project and now it is time to get to the next level which does require support yeah absolutely and we're here my very last question and by no means my least question (laughs) is beyond kinflow beyond peace guardians Mm. beyond the name beyond the skin suit Mm. esoteric in its nature um who are you (laughs) wow well I'll start off by saying who I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm not this this avatar that's, uh, and we're not we're not these avatars and our stories, though they help inform our passion, our purpose. Who am I? I I we are. Who am I? I'm someone that experiences divinity through play through vulnerability and through my heart 
leading with my heart. Mm. Um, yeah, my name in Hebrew, Zakaria, means uh, to remember. Mm. Uh, remember jaw, remember source. And uh, yeah, I feel like the closest we get to remembering is those moments where we're, we're free, we're, we're raw, we're open, we're vulnerable, and um, not afraid to love and be loved. Thank you so much, brother. Yeah, man. Hey, Tribe. Thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health, and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.